When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today I'm talking with Daniel Fogo, and we're talking about peer-to-peer lending. We're talking about uh, the company he founded. Uh, which is Rate Setter, and this is a really cool chat, and we're going to have a deep dive into everything that is Rate Setter. So, Daniel, what is peer to peer lending exactly? In very simple terms, we match investors with borrowers. Um, and by doing that, um, our objective, of course, is to make sure that we can deliver investors a really good return from an asset class being consumer credit, which is very well established, has been around for many decades, um, but has historically been the domain of just a relatively small number of institutional investors, primarily banks. So we're looking to crack open um, that asset class and give retail investors, mum and dad investors, millennial investors access to the really attractive returns that that asset class delivers. Yeah, and it's funny because it's like you've harnessed technology much like the Ubers, the Airbnbs of the world, to remove one of the big middle chunks of middle man, middle person. And in this scenario, it's the bank. So you're matching people like myself who want to invest in fairly, I guess, defensive assets with people who want to also borrow money, maybe not from a bank. That's absolutely right. It's a very good description. Um We do use a marketplace model, so we have many different investors funding many different borrowers, Um, and yes, we are providing an alternative to a bank model, and the way we can offer better value to our investors and better value to our borrowers is by using technology to take out a lot of the cost. Um, So our objective, of course, is to attract good borrowers who could otherwise go to a bank to get a loan. Um, but if they come to Ratesetter, we can um, pass on the fact that we've got lower costs, we don't have a branch network, so that they can get a better rate. Um, and similarly, for an investor, I guess what people have at the moment is an, an option to put money in a term deposit or a, a, a bank account, um, or they can invest in bank shares. Now, um, under both scenarios, that money is often used to invest in the exact same loans that we're funding. We're just looking to do that in a more efficient way so that the investor is getting more of the return that that end borrower is actually paying. So you started um, Rate Setter seven years ago? That's right. Um, in 2013, um, I was a banker um, by trade oh, really? some time ago. Oh, stop the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I saw firsthand. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, I saw firsthand how inefficient. Uh, the banking model was, sure. and we were lending money at, at, at where I was at, um, latterly at Barclays Capital, to large corporates, and they were paying relatively high rates, much higher than what they're getting in a term deposit. They're paying high fees up front. I was sitting on global com- um, credit committee calls that you know took a lot of resource and a lot of time, and you could just see the inefficiencies there. So, I went to Europe and spent three months meeting lots of different businesses where I thought that technology could play a role to bring in efficiencies and. During that journey, I met Ratesetter, um, which had set up in the UK at that stage. Um, 
and met the founders there and what was meant to be a one-hour meeting went for four hours. They explained their model, how they had sort of reinvented marketplace lending, if you like, and I'll sort of explain that. Yeah. And um, I explained the characteristics of the banking market in Australia, namely that it was relatively co- or very concentrated, um, that actually borrowers had relatively little choice and were paying really high rates. Investors weren't getting a – or people putting money in deposits weren't getting a great return. So a really large spread there, much higher than the UK – and when we put their model um, together with the market characteristics in Australia, to both of us, it seemed like a bit of a no-brainer to start on the journey of bringing the model to Australia. Wow. And then um, so you started Rate Setter Australia and you've slowly and slowly um, built it up. And I think you've got over 17,000 investors now. That's exactly right. Um, we, we sort of launched it as, you might say, a joint venture. They took a, a stake in the local business. Um, I attracted a, a senior management team very early on and we went on the course about building what we want to be and what is becoming a very large financial services business in Australia. We want to be the largest manager of consumer credit, if, if you call it that. Um, the first phase was getting our licenses with the regulator, ASIC, um, and so that was a two-year journey. So I used to have a lot more hair and look a lot younger than I do now. Um, but we successfully got our licenses at the back end of 2014 and started lending. And basically since that time, uh, you know, month after month, we've continually grown um, the amount of lending we do every month. And um, it's been a very successful story today. Now, for full disclosure, I've recently set up my own rate setter account because I want to just have a turn and experience how it works. Mm-hmm. And... The one thing I like about what you've done is you haven't made the rate set a product just for uh, individual ownership. So the cool thing is coming from a financial planning background, what if I want my superannuation fund to invest in the portfolio? What if I want my trust? So I've put an application in for my trust, okay? So there's so much flexibility and we will get into that. Mm. But I just want to set the scene with... Uh, I guess the investing spectrum and cash is a very secure investment. In fact, up to 250K uh, in a bank account in Australia is backed by the government. You might then move up the risk spectrum, government bonds, pretty risky, but you mm-hmm. know, government can, can collapse, but I guess cash can disappear if the government collapses. But I guess you're, you're kind of sitting like if we shoot back up to shares, you're not shares, but you're not cash. It's this peer-to-peer lending and how do we just address the volatility, the risk, the return discussion? Sure. Okay. I think you covered a, a couple that was of a things. Big yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can absolutely talk about risk, but I think you started talking about the types of investors that can participate, and I think that's an important point. What we're really trying to do is is democratize finance. It's a very grand term, but we want make finance great again. That make finance great again. We want to give. <laughs> Um, everybody access to the credit or the, the underlying um, returns that we can provide access to, not just institutional investors, not just um, you know the traditional funders of this asset class. Um, so we do allow mum and dad investors to participate. We allow trusts. We actually have some fixed income funds. We have SMSFs. We have the government's Clean Energy Finance Corporation, which is a renewable energy-focused fund that um, the government established investing in our loans. So, yes, very, very broad um, set of investors, and we are seeking to make sure that we provide a really attractive middle ground between, you know, a government-guaranteed you know, m- amount of money in the bank and a relatively volatile share market. 
And, and part of that is just around the, the underlying risk profile of the investment. And secondly, it's a little bit around term as well. So what we like to do is provide, um, you know, we're not, a bank account is really about, it's not an investment as such and in that the returns at the moment are typically subinflationary once you take into account tax. Bank accounts are really about convenience. Um, Shares can make a lot of sense, but typically for the longer term, because you don't really know where the share market's going to be in six months or 12 months or 24 months. Um, from a term perspective, what we want to provide investors is a good place to put their money for six months to five years. So um, we like to sit in the middle of that risk spectrum uh, where we think we can give investors a really good risk-adjusted return, um, but also provide something that works as a term-based investment. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm in such conflict because I've been – quite vocal, I am quite vocal, that consumer debt, debt is so bad If like, because you just don't need it. You know, save up, buy the car, or save up, buy the lounge, mm. save up, buy the holiday. However, there are times where someone wants to clean up their finances and that might mean that they owe five, $6,000 more on their car than what it's worth. And it might mean that they have to sell that car, maybe use rate setter, to get some short-term finance and then, you know, rebuild their financial life. So as much as I hate personal loans and, you know, consumer debt, yeah, I want to get rid of all debt in Australia like this. But the <laughs> fact is it's never going to happen. So there will always be people that want to borrow money. Uh, and it's a mindset thing as well. Like some people don't have a problem with borrowing money to go on a holiday. That's fine. Knock yourself out. I've got a problem. But having said that, it gives us options as an investor to invest and to put money into that pool of money to get a pretty stable return. That's right. With risk less than shares and more than cash. That's right. More than a term deposit. Yeah. So I, I think um, the way we articulate it is um, – we, we, I think consumer credit's an important asset class and that, um, you know, we all, you know, if you do want to buy a car, it might actually make sense if, if you can't afford to pay it with cash to take a loan out to, to fund that car because you might need it to get to work, which is your livelihood. So there are scenarios where, you know, taking a loan makes sense. Another example might be, um, say a homeowner wanting to put solar panels on their roof so that they actually reduce their power bill every month and, Typically, they'll reduce their power bill more than what they have to repay in finance. And at the end of the loan term, they'll own the equipment and they'll continue to benefit. Sure. Um, so their, their, their budget improves every month, if you like, plus they're helping the environment. So um, I think that, you know, we, we're generally, or we are seeking to lend to people where the loan purpose is sensible and appropriate. Um, and then to talk about the risk component, I think that's really important because, yes, there are lots of different people you can be lending to um, in any market. And... There are those that, that can't get loans from, you know, um, traditional finance organisations like banks um, that we don't want to be lending to. And there are those that can get loans from those organisations, but they're just shopping around for a better rate. You know, it's funny, like, it's very interesting. Like, it's almost, if you've been horrendous with your money the last five years or whatever, and you want to actually make a change and we'll use the example that I've just used before that I, I need some short-term finance to piss the car off that I can't afford and mm. buy a little beater or whatever and then get rid of debt. But if you've had a horrendous track record, you might not be able to get a personal loan from a bank traditionally just to clean up your mess. 
That's absolutely right. We're now in a world in Australia where your all of your repayment history is recorded um, and reported to credit bureaus. So it's really important to make sure you don't get yourself in a mess and that you're responsible when you are taking out finance. Um, so we only fund about 10% of the people who come to us for a loan. Really? So, I mean, most people are quite surprised about that. Um, we have various requirements from age requirements to income requirements. Um, some of those are regulatory requirements. Some of the, those are our own requirements from a credit perspective. We take the responsibility of, of managing credit for investors very seriously. So we only want to be lending to those people who can repay. That said, that doesn't mean we don't ever have any um, loans default because people's life circumstances can change. But the focus for us is really making sure we're only um, you know, funding borrowers who are responsible um, and can afford that the loan that they're taking we also do one other thing which is really interesting, and I think this comes as core to the rate setter model. I talked briefly about the UK when they explained their model as, as um, being reasonably unique. How rate setters model works is that for every borrower who takes out a loan, um, we provision for losses. So either as an upfront component of a fee component for their loan or as part of their interest rate, they pay some money not to us um, as the you know, operator, but into a fund we call our provision fund. That sits separate to our business and it is there for the sole purpose of compensating investors from any late payments and default. And that's um, what it does is it means that it's a much more stable return for investors. They can have much more confidence that they will get every amount of interest in principle due to them over time because that's our track record to date. We try to reinforce that by being, being very transpar- transparent around who we lend to. Mm. So we were the first sort of non-securitization lender to release our loan book publicly every quarter. Um, we um, allow investors to see how much money is in our provision fund. Um, we allow them to see what the expected losses are at any one time. We allow them to see by annual cohort um, how many loans we funded, what we thought the loss rate would be, what it's actually been, how much we provisioned to cover those losses. So the great news is every investor's got every amount of interest in principle due to them and, and that's um, really our ambition on a through-the-cycle basis. So moving on to the actual investor part, and I think more so, you know, the people who listen to My Millennial Money, we're really good with our money and <laughs> we'd like to invest our money. So this is the part we're talking about, you know, the investing part because a lot of people, they want to park their money for maybe three years but are getting killed by one, 2% interest rates. That's right. Okay, mm. like it's highway robbery out there. So if we talk about the investor, the product itself, rate setter, if I can, and I might butcher it, so let mm-hmm. me know. I'll try and explain this. If I had a managed fund over here that had 10 companies in it, all producing income and shares, I would own a portion of that managed fund. Yes. Rate setter, there is a, similar type unit trust structure mm-hmm. that I effectively pay into mm-hmm. and the return that I get isn't a dividend like a CBA loan mm-hmm. or a Woolworths dividend for selling lots of groceries. It's the interest that borrowers have had to pay into the pool to borrow money. Um, very close, but sure. it's the interest um, specifically on the loans that you funded. Sure. So you, your investment is kept entirely distinct from all other investors. Okay, so it's not pool. It's not pool, okay. no. Cool. Now, where the pooling comes in is that every borrower pays into our provision fund and you as an investor get the benefit of all borrowers who have paid into that provision fund over time. So there's a pooling of risk in that regard. But the great news is you have very specific 
entitlements to the loans that have you have Have you ever done any like cool promos? It's like, here's Glenn. He helped fund someone's solar panels and we meet the two people and <laughs> have a cool little promo. Um, <laughs> we, solar panels. We, we, we got quite excited when our first borrower was funded because we knew exactly who had funded them. But yeah. over time, actually, yeah, just, our average investor has exposure to, you know, over a hundred loans. So, yeah. um, but that, that community aspect of it is fantastic. But, we have to be very careful around privacy. So you as the borrower don't know who funded your loans. And similarly, as an investor, you get um, clarity or granularity if you'd like it around the loans you've funded, the repayment schedule, whether the payment's being made on time, but you don't know who the end borrower is. Yeah. So if we open the hood of rates that are at the moment, who would you say is the, the most typical investor? What's the profile or the avatar? Great, there is one. Great question. Really, I think you can split um, investors into two different audiences. Um, the first is a millennial audience. You know, it is people who are, um, and and you can even divide that into sort of subcategories if you like. We have a lot of people who are investing for their first time. Um, we let people start to invest from ten dollars, so a very low threshold. But really, it's it's you know a lot of people are, um, are millennials. Um, it's an easy investment option for them. It is that middle ground between cash and shares. We often have people who might be saving for a home and they want somewhere to put their money and where they know that they can access it at, at you know, within a reasonable time yeah. frame. For those who are using, who are saving for their first home and you might have capped out your first home super saver scheme, you may have capped that out, you might use rate setter for the balance of that or that super saver scheme, there has been issues when people know that they want to buy at an auction or if it's in a hot market, that super saver scheme isn't fantastic for auction buying. So with rate setter, like what if someone commits to a two-year term mm-hmm. or a six-month term, what type of notice period do rate setter need at the end of that term or does the money just get spat out at the end of the term? So we let people invest for different terms. So one can invest in our one-month market, our three-year market or our five-year lending market. So how that works is if you're in our five-year lending market, what that actually means is you're funding loans five years in term. So you do get monthly repayments of interest and principal and you can automatically reinvest some of those accounts. I'm just on your website at the moment. Mm -hmm. Nice website. You're a good designer, you are. (laughs) I I bet you did that, didn't you? (laughs) I don't think I can take too much credit for that. So five-year term at the moment after all fees, 7.9%. That's right. You know, that's the best part of 8% where I'm from. Um, And three years, 3.1%. Three years is is a bit lower than usual. It's typically hovering around 6%. And the one-month market at the moment will be just over 3%. Is that right? Uh, The annualized rates. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's right. Typically, if one's investing for a longer period of time, there's a higher return. What we do offer, though, for the three- and five-year lending markets is what we call an early access feature. So you can get your money out early, assuming there's other investors to replace your investment in the loans. Um, we charge a, a small fee f- to do that, and it equates to you know a few months of interest, basically. Um, so that's a really popular feature, and what it does is give a lot of people comfort that they're not locked in for term. Now, you talked about before, and apologies, like all these questions, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've done some heavy research, and you haven't seen any of these questions before. So right. you're sitting here, you know, just talking off the off the bat. The national clean energy, six point three percent. So what, is that the thing you were talking about before, like the government's thing? Yes. Yeah, so I talked about our term markets of one month, three years, five years. We also have two other lending markets. Um, 
basically very early on in our existence, we identified we, we want to focus on good credit, um, you know, um, the consumer loan categories, and, and two of those are, well, you know, automotive loans, um, which we've done a fair amount of over time. Um, one of our shareholders is Car Sales, the listed $3 billion um, listed um, automotive company. Um, and the second is renewable energy. So we set about um, building our renewable energy lending business about two and a half years ago. We partner with all sorts of businesses, including you know, funding the likes of Powerwall Batteries with Tesla. Um, and as part of that, we set up very specific lending markets so investors could choose if they had an impact mandate or really wanted to help the environment to fund just those renewable energy loans. And and that's exactly what this represents. If you're lending into those markets, you could be funding up to seven years. Mm. And that's because sometimes the pay- repayment period for a you know solar system or battery system might be seven years. Um, but it's a great market because A, they're generally homeowners. B, they're typically improving their monthly cash flows. And that's attracted a slightly different investor audience. And that's... Um, mostly um, been funded to date by the government's Clean Energy Finance Corporation and uh, Future Super, the fossil-free-focused free superannuation fund, is another large funder in mm. those markets. So question, if I did want to put solar panels on my house, and the reason I haven't is because well, it might be an investment property in a couple of years, right. but then again, do I want solar on the investment property that would be more appealing to tenants, blah, blah, mm. blah. What type of rate would it be if I did borrow money for solar panels? So if you're in... Like, what's the criteria for me? So the criteria is quite straightforward. Um, a, you're a homeowner. Yeah. Um, that helps. Um, B, you're improving your cash flows by putting solar panels on. So that helps. So actually underwriting a loan is a relatively straightforward process in, in that regard. Um, so, you know, we do the usual process of making sure that we can identify you, checking your credit score. Okay, so you will run a... You'll sweep like the bureaus like Equifax or... Exactly. Experian or whatever. We, yep. we will we will use Equifax at a minimum um, and, and, and understand your credit history. We'll ask for some information from you so we can underwrite your loan appropriately. We will review your payslips and or bank statements to make sure that, you know, your expenses and income are what you say they are. So it's not really the Wild West. It's absolutely not the Wild West, no. Yeah. Uh, reasonably traditional underwriting processes, um, but we do use technology to make it really easy from your perspective and really easy from our perspective as well, so it's fast and efficient. You could be imp- uh, approved for your loan within within an hour. We will also have relationships with the installer company that's going about and installing the equipment so that you, we pay the installer directly rather than paying you. Do you know how much it would cost to put solar panels on a townhouse well um yeah it depends on the size of the system but this it's, podcast scored my millennial money yeah. so it's about me yeah it's actually surprisingly um has really come down a lot in recent yeah. years so you're looking at five or six thousand that dollars that's all and wow. the interest rate you get if the governments or the investors are, are currently getting a return of six and a half percent um by the time you're borrowing it's actually very competitive your base interest rate will be just over seven yeah. percent there'll be an upfront fee to us and the comparison rate will you know, be around, you know, just over 8%. So, so it's cheap, it's like it leaves a personal loan for debt all day long. It, it does. Um, this is still a personal loan. Yes. Um, it's just for a very specific purpose. Yes. If you're in South Australia where we're running... I mean, a, sorry, traditional personal tradi- loan. That's right, yeah. Um, and look, it's reflected in the in the um, credit characteristics of those people purchasing mm-hmm. these this, this sort of equipment. If you're in South Australia, we're running a program down there where we've got... We're, we're administering $100 million of subsidies for the South Australian government to help people buy home batteries. Um, and we're also, um, we've got a $100 million commitment from the 
government's Clean Energy Finance Corporation to fund that equipment. So the shout rate out, there is even lower. for our South Australian listeners. Uh, exactly. If you're hearing this, you've got power. Yes. Um, no, thanks for that little deviation because, yeah, just very interested. And um, it's funny because when we were emailing, you know, Rosie here from Rates that she's in the room with us, when we were emailing last week, somebody in the Facebook group put a question up about rate setter. And all of a sudden I was like, what have you been talking to? I'm organizing an interview with them. Did they put you up to this? And it was just a coincidence. So I said, I'm interviewing them next week. So very a, good. Very um, good timing. So yeah. So for an investor, um, anything else you want to really drive home? Because I want to then move in and ask you about the platform itself. Look, I think, I think, um, we, we really stand by our track record. We, um, our ambition is to, as I said, I said, um, to become the largest manager of consumer credit. We want to provide retail investors access to this asset class. Um, we're very transparent around what we're doing. We're looking to improve the shape of the financial system, improve outcomes for investors, improve outcomes for borrowers. Um, we would really encourage people to just take the time to learn a little bit more about what we're doing. Mm. Um, we've got a lot of information on our website that explains, you know, the, some of the things we've discussed. Yeah, and, I, and I've got the website up in front of me and mm. it's really clean, uh, easy to understand. You know, you've won every award that CanStar ever has made. Um, <laughs> how does it work in its simplest way? So we seek to make the process of investing as simple as possible. As we said, you can start with $10 opening and the account is very straightforward. Um, one just needs to be identified through the usual processes of opening any account to make sure we fulfill our KYC processes. Um, one then transfers money onto the platform and it's quite straightforward then to invest in loans. We let you choose the specific term you want to invest for and the amount you want to invest. And then we've got a platform that, you know, in a very simplistic terms, matches our investors to our borrowers. Um, and as an investor, you have tools to make that fast and simple so you don't have to apply a lot of time and thinking to it. Or if you really want to get under the hood, you can understand exactly how much money is there to invest in loans at different rates, um, the demand coming from borrowers. And so we have all types of investors, some who just set and forget, set reinvestment settings so that they know that the money is continually earning interest. And we have some some investors who really get into the detail, log on every day, do a lot of their own analysis, and we have you know both types. Um, I sort of talked a little bit about the millennial investors yeah. earlier. We also have a lot of sort of people who are uh, managing a portfolio, and they like this as being a, a um, part of their portfolio being invested in our platform. The average SMSF investment, for example, is about a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. So wow. And so it's got a good usable app that I can get? We are introducing an app um, early next year. Okay, great. We're just um, going through a process of modernizing a lot of the uh, investor experience. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty straightforward. It's very understandable, very much um, you know, a marketplace. You can actually see that, that, that functionality. Um, but wait for the next two months and we've got some exciting improvements. Great. And I, I will go back to like, you know, we talked about rates before. So mm. if I'm getting 1%, so if inflation or CPI is 1.5%, it's costing me 1% a year. So you've got to always factor in inflation to your returns. That, that's right. And that's why I sort of talked about bank accounts really being about convenience. Yes. They're not really a, a way to build wealth. And what we're looking at here is an option that investors have to build their wealth for the shorter term or medium term. I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about rate setter and I'm just excited about there's just, I don't know, I just think it's cool, you know, 
sue me, whatever. <laughs> Am I allowed to think something's cool? Um, I just love what you're doing with the renewable energy thing. So if you do want to park money for a home deposit for three years and you don't want some dirty cold mitts to get your hands on it, <laughs> at least you know you can park it in a place that's going to have better than market returns. And I mean by market as in cash rate at the mm-hmm. bank. Yes, you've taken on some risk because mm-hmm. it's not a freaking bank account. Mm-hmm. Address that. But it, it could be a win-win for people, a that's, genuine win-win. That's, that's right. That's what we're really seeking to do. We, yeah. Our platform's about delivering value as, as, we, as we touched on. And, you know, the, the people who are take, buying this equipment are generally a very good um, risk profile. And then you've got the provision fund sitting there helping to protect your investment. So we think it makes sense. Yeah. So what I'll do in the show notes, I'll put a link to the Rate Setter website. Mm-hmm. And look, we're also running a special for uh, your listeners where they can register at ratesetter.com.au forward slash millennial. And if they invest before the 30th of November and they invest $100, they can get um, $20 put into their account. Ah. So that's a nice special for-, that's for uh, very nice. Well, what I'll, I'll just put that link. I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um Love it. We would that um, when one is visiting our, our website, you can also see our PDS and we'd encourage investors to read the PDS and also the risk section as we sort of touched on earlier. We're not a bank. When you do invest with us, you're not covered by the the um, the government's claim scheme. Yeah. Um, but what we want to do is have investors make informed decisions and that's why we have a lot of information so people can make informed decisions. Yeah. So if the freaking world ends and the zombies come and we're wearing helmets and shotguns and fuel canisters and you've got freaking five grand with rates that I don't come and say, Glenn, help me to do it because back off, I didn't. We'd like to think we'd be performing quite well in that environment yeah. relative to a lot of other investments, but that's right. It is time to, um, to wrap that up, but I really appreciate uh, somebody of your caliber, you know, the, the founder, the CEO of Rate Setter. Australia, thank you so much for sharing uh, a little bit about your platform. And yeah, if I'm just all in anything in this life, it's got to be a genuine win-win for me to do it. And I think there could be some options here uh, for people to have a genuine win-win. That's right. On both sides of our marketplace, there's, there's options for people. And I will say as well, this is not financial advice. This is not Glenn James telling you to do this. If you want financial advice from me you will get a statement of advice and you'll have to pay me $3,000. So not financial advice. <laughs> really good to meet you. Um, fantastic to speak with your audience. And, no um, and look out for the link in the show notes, people. Indeed. Thank you very much, right. Bye. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on get help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organization that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. 
It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.